And so today, we are going to walk through what it means to be family and how that applies to our lives. And so in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost is here. The apostles are filled with the Holy Spirit and begin speaking in different tongues. The Jews gather there um, from all around are really confused, obviously so. Um, Peter gets up and assures them, one of my favorite parts in the scripture, assures them that these men who are speaking in tongues are not drunk because it's only 9 a.m., now, if it was 9 p.m., he may, I don't know what he would have said. But because it's morning, he said they're not drunk. But instead, he explains all of it by quoting Joel. Peter then goes on to proclaim the gospel, concluding that Jesus, the one they crucified, is indeed the Messiah. He proclaims that truth to these people, that he is the Messiah that rose from the dead, the one that you crucified. This is Jesus Christ. And then we see they're really just amazing response starting in verse 22 uh, 42 verse 42 says they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching to the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles now all the believers were together and held all things in common they sold their possessions and property, and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple, broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Let's pray. Father, I pray that today um, we hear your word uh, we let it just wash over us. And no matter what um, our past experience brings up with family, we can see that you have redeemed uh, what family is through your son, that we are family. You have made us family. All Chapel, the Crossing Church, any church in this area, we are your people. Uh, because of that, because you are a father, uh, you have made us family. So God, show us today what it means to truly be family in the good times and in the really the real mess of life show us what it means to be family today i love you i thank you for this church i thank you for your son um speak through me today uh just let me be a mouthpiece i love you amen all right so acts 2 42 through 47 this is the church this is the church devoted to each other breaking bread together joyful hearts praising god as he saves those who are lost. This is it. Like this is the picture of the church. If the beards, if my family were to move to a new city to not plant a church, if we were just going to move to live in a cool city, I don't know. Um, and we were searching for a church family and we see this display, this kind of thing displayed in a church body. Like I want to be a part of that. I definitely want to be a part of that. I'm, you know, maybe they bring me in with the cool lights and the fancy music. I don't know. Um, but if I see this display, this just serving and loving one another, really being family, devoted to Scripture, devoted to each other, I, I think I want to be a part of that. And so we can have seasons as a church body that really feel close to this. Probably not spot on uh, with this description in Acts, but really close to this description. Seasons of life where we see the church, God is working through the church in our communities. Um, we are loving one another, we are serving one another, and we see that people are being saved because of the work of the church. We have seasons of this, maybe not all the time, but we have seasons of it. But 
then of course something happens. Life as a group of believers on mission um, is not always filled with happiness, hope, satisfaction, laughter, smiles, rainbows, kisses. No, it is not always filled with all the good. The life of a church, body of believers, is not always filled with the good things. I've been a member of three churches since I was 16 from living in Homer, Louisiana, to moving here uh, and immediately being a part of North Monroe, and then we planted the crossing in 2014. So that's three churches since I was 16. That age 16 is kind of when your eyes open to a few things. I had a 1979 Thunderbird, so I was rolling around Homer, Louisiana. I knew, you know, everything. No, of course not. Um, but your eyes are open a little bit. And so I've been a part of three churches since 16. And during that time, um, it has not always been good. I have felt hurt. I have felt betrayed, frustrated, annoyed, angry, alone, hopeless, sometimes crazy. I've sometimes badmouthed the hypocrites. Um, sometimes I was the hypocrite. A lot of times there was, a da- there was some doubt, there was sadness that made me wonder if this was a depression. Um, and instead I would just shrug it off and get back to work because church a lot of times has been a job too. And so that has been my life as a member of a church. Uh, I know that there are stories that are completely different than that on the bad side. Like there are stories that are way worse than mine. Uh, people who have walked away from the church because of a terrible experience uh, or two or multiple, um, because people are sinful. Um, and so obviously it hasn't all been negative. God has been extremely gracious to me, my family, and to the Crossing Church right now. Overall, uh, we can see so much good, so many blessings, so many incredible relationships that I know that you can see too, no matter what your history is. And some of you have more of a history and being part of churches, or maybe it's just been here But still, it's not always good. Uh, It's really hard sometimes. So I know um, our stories are different. Uh, There's a lot of pain associated within the church. Um, A lot of our members of our community group, there's so much pain that we're working through right now with them, where it's just very easy for them to kind of just back up and not engage in community with family because they've been hurt so many times by people who were called or supposed to love them as their pastors. Um, that's really hard, and it, it, it is not something that we can kind of just look over. So there's a lot of pain within the history of the church in general. There's a lot of pain in the history of the crossing. I'm sure there's some pain here, too. Um, we will not escape the pain and the hurt and the sadness. Um, we will not, because this is a result of the fall. This is not anything on you. This is not anything on the crossing. This is a result of sin. The enemy will always, always seek to still kill and destroy. As Charles Spurgeon said, as we seek that church, that one church with no issues, the day we find that perfect church, it becomes imperfect the moment we join it. Okay, so there is not a perfect body of believers who are just incredible all the time, the church in Acts all the time. There is a lot of mess that we deal with. We are a bunch, no matter what church, uh, of selfish, imperfect people brought together for very lengthy seasons of life sometimes. There's going to be hurt. There's going to be conflict. Absolutely. But do you know what else, what other kind of group involves people, um, involves hurt, involves conflict that can be really, really tough sometimes? Family. 
Family can be really tough sometimes. I love my family. And if my wife was here, I would say it over and over again. I love my family. Please, I love my family. God has blessed me with a very loving, a funny, responsible, thankfully responsible wife because that is not my strength. Um, he's given us two really fun and um, sweet kids. Um, but is it always filled with fun? No, absolutely not. Um, my wife and kids are the only people to actually see me get angry sometimes, unfortunately. No one else really does. Uh, maybe my basketball players at school. But no one else sees me really angry except for them because they're with me all the time. My wife knows me better than anyone else, so she really knows me, and she really sees that anger sometimes that it just boils up because I suppress it a lot, a little bit about me. Um, my parents, my grandparents, aunts, uncles have all loved me so well. The reason I got to go to the ULM LSU game was my aunt has four season tickets and we got to go to this fancy box section with all you can eat food and it was like a private thing. I felt really out of place there, but it was awesome. And so my aunt has loved me well. Uh, free parking spot and ticket to the game um, and some free nachos, it was great. Um, I have been loved. I am the man I am today because of my family. I have a great family, um, a really great story with family. Um, they can be frustrating sometimes. I can be frustrating to them sometimes. We disagree on so many things, on politics, on religion, on how to raise kids. Um, I, I don't get on Facebook anymore because of a lot of distant family members. Um, but still, that is my family. That is family. They, they, they have helped shape me uh, to who I am today. They have loved me. They have supported me no matter what. That is Family. And so whatever your view of family is right now, as I'm constantly saying the word family over and over again, it's either doing a, a good thing or a bad thing in your head right now, depending on your history. Um, I know it's a really touchy subject for a lot of people because family has not been the greatest. So whether you have an incredible family, awesome childhood, a true picture of love within a family, um, and you love your family so much, um, but maybe... Uh, there were, you were aware of a lot of issues, um, maybe you addressed it or not, uh, or maybe um, this is really hard for you right now because you have no relationship with your family because of the hurt um, that seems like too much to work through over the years. Um, no matter what your history is, whatever your picture of family is, whatever you're thinking about right now as family, specifically what a father is, the church is your family. The church is your family, and it is a better family. No matter if it's been the best family that you've had growing up or the worst family, the church is a better, the better family, because God the Father has adopted us as sons and daughters. Romans 8, if you don't turn there, you can. I'm going to read um, 12 through 17. It says, So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh. Brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Because if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you have received the spirit of, the best word right here, adoption. By whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, also heirs, heirs of God, 
and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, so we may be also glorified with Him. Because of the work of Christ, finished on the cross, we are children of the King. We are heirs with Christ. Because our Father is King, we are entitled to a wealth of grace and mercy beyond anything we can imagine. A portion of that grace is revealed here on earth in being part of a larger family, the church, the bride of Christ. We are His family, and as the family, what are we called to do? 1 John 4 says, Dear friends, let us love one another. It's very simple. Let us love one another as family. 1 John 4. We are called to love one another. Called to love our gospel-foreign family, Um, But how can we truly love this family consistently after just thinking about and walking through how much we've been hurt by the church, how much some of you have been hurt worse than me by the church? Uh, How can we constantly love this family of imperfect people? What if you grew up with a terrible family? What if you grew up with no family? How can we know how to love when we don't have a clear picture in our lives and our histories of what love is supposed to be? How can we give anyone love if we've been rejected, maybe, so many times. It goes on to say in 1 John 4, Love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. Yeah, God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent His one and only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we must also love one another. Because we were shown the ultimate love through Jesus, we should not be able to do anything apart from loving one another. That should just be naturally who we are as the church, as family. We did not first love God. He chose us. He first loved us. He raised the enemy, dead in my sin, and now calls me son. We can't imagine what that's like. Raising the enemy from the dead and calling me son. But you may be saying, I don't know how you guys feel. These people sitting next to me, they're rude. They're difficult. I don't think you guys would say that. Maybe at the crossing. You, know, you guys are super sweet to each other. Uh, maybe they're difficult. Maybe people are needy. Maybe you're thinking about your real family right now. And maybe they're just super annoying sometimes. Maybe you're sitting next to my, like, don't look at them when I say that. Um, maybe annoyed. Maybe you just feel emotionally exhausted. I know from a lot of teachers uh, right now, they are emotionally exhausted from the past year and a half. Uh, I know a lot of healthcare workers are emotionally exhausted because they're loving in their way, especially if we are a part of the church. We are loving our students and our, um, our patients well in a way, and it is emotionally exhausting right now. Um, maybe you're exhausted from everything else in life, and now you have nothing left to give. Maybe the people in your church are a good, loving people, but you've just given so much. Like, How can you give more? How can you possibly love this family more after you've given so much? Good news, First John goes on to say, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, this is verse 12, 
God remains in us and His love is made complete in us. He remains in us. His love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we remain in Him and He is us. He has given us His Spirit. This is the key. This is how we're able to love. We are so filled with love that now that should overflow. That love should overflow. And we feel like we've been tapped out we're tired of pain, discomfort, and we know we need to step out in love again. Like Peter stepping off the boat, God provides more love through His Spirit. He has given you the helper to provide that love. So again and again, we can love one another no matter what happens. When we think that we are done, we probably are because we're human. If we're just relying on ourselves, relying on our human tendencies and, and how good we are at loving, we're probably going to be tapped out really soon. Um, But because we have the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that empowered Jesus Christ, we have that Spirit living inside us. We can go and we can pray and we can love more because it is constantly filling us over and over again. If we're rejected, we are good because we have already been accepted as sons and daughters of Christ. So when someone rejects you, it's going to hurt, obviously, because this world is sinful and the fall happened. But we are good. We're okay because the King has already accepted us. If we feel like we've given everything we have, uh, we have an abundance of riches waiting for us at the end of this journey. We have so much more waiting for us in the new earth, and in heaven and the new earth. We have so much more than we can even imagine. So we feel like we've given everything. Like I have nothing else to give. We've got more. We step out of love and we feel defeated sometimes. Um, That is the enemy because um, our Father has already won. We cannot be defeated because God has already won. You are called, all chapel, uh, and you are equipped to love the family of God. You are called to love the church. And in doing so, after the church has loved one another, then we're sent out to love those who don't know Jesus in the hope that they will love and know Jesus. And so as you begin to, or as you are, not begin, as you continue to live amongst the people. You know your family more and more. You will see flaws. You are uh, more likely to be let down and hurt sometimes. You may even feel this pull to kind of let go because it's easier to just not feel those things sometimes. It's probably coming. Our community group right now uh, has been meeting since September, uh, August, I think, uh, as this new community group uh, and it's such a good group uh, of, of younger, youngish people. I believe I'm the oldest one there. And so uh, we are called to love um, ULM um, and, our, and, our, and our surrounding neighborhoods. We live close together. And so right now, it's really good. It's really fun. We're sharing stories right now. We're getting to know each other more. We're having meals. Uh, we're just going and playing in the park with some of our kids. Uh, it's really good right now. Like tonight, we're going to go have Thanksgiving food. Like who doesn't have a good time eating Thanksgiving food? Um, it's really good right now. But I know the more I get to know my community group, the more likely I am to be hurt by them because I know certain things or um, we just, we're together a lot. And if you're together with some, pe- some people a lot, you get frustrated. Spending six hours in a car with three guys yesterday, I got frustrated with some of them. Um, because that long together, we're human, and it causes some rubbing. It causes some friction, but we're good because we have the Spirit. This is your family. 
You will be there for them. The more you get to know them, the more you know their sin. Sometimes that hurts, but because you know their sin, you will be equipped to point your family back to the gospel. When they turn to sin, you're there to point them to Jesus instead, no matter how hard that is. You know when they're struggling, uh, you'll be able to help serve them. You'll know when tragedy strikes, and you will be there to simply grieve with them and weep with them. You will be with them to celebrate, play, eat, and live. This is your family. I want to share one more thing with you guys, and I'm going to end with uh, reading Romans 12. Um, Recently, uh, tragedy struck our family. Uh, My wife and I experienced a miscarriage in uh, early early October. Um, It was on a late Saturday night, and then the next morning, I was supposed to be at the Crossing Church, uh, and but we had spent from midnight to 8 a.m. in the emergency room. It was a, uh, a tough process, and my wife is still working through things emotionally, but uh, the church was there for us. Um, one of our pastors, I'm not sure, I think Joseph Stogner has been out here way back. Now we can't give him up because he leads music for us. Uh, and so Joseph came to pick up the communion bread that I make every Sunday um, for us to do communion together. And he came to pick it up and just, he didn't say anything, he just hugged me. Uh, he was there. I didn't need any advice. I didn't need, you know, anything like that. He was just there for me. Uh, and so that was constant text, uh, constant people just coming by, people bringing food, lunch for us. We didn't, we didn't need anything tangible. I just needed my family to be there with me. I needed them to be there for my wife. My wife needed mothers who had gone through the same thing to talk to her, um, to to love her well, to, to serve her in that. Uh, and so recently, I've experienced the love of the church in a, in a way that I didn't know that I needed um, because I haven't experienced a lot of hardships in life. Um, but I, I believe that that is only part of why the church is made into who we are. Um, we are there to point each other back to Jesus. We are there to love and serve one another. This is who we're called to be. Um, I think it can happen. Uh, but sometimes we are just too busy. Um, we've been hurt too many times. And so it's hard for us to open back up to that. Um, but I do think that is the best way for us to live. That's the best way for us to just outpour this gospel into our communities, those who don't know Jesus. If we're loving one another, they will know we're Christians by our love. They're going to know that. They're going to see that. And they will experience the love of the Father too, hopefully. I'm going to read Romans 12. 12.9 says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil, cling to what is good. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Take the lead in honoring one another. Do not lack diligence in zeal. Be fervent in the Spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes, if possible. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone.